Hey, Remarkable Moms. We are so excited to have Krista Braun in our studio. Krista. Hello. Welcome, welcome. Thank you. So Krista, uh, let me tell you why you were nominated. You are truly remarkable. That is number one. Um, You're also a full-time working mama of the sweetest young boy I know, Logan. Logan uh, occasionally shows up on my back patio to say hello every now and then. Um, He is absolutely adorable. I mean, this woman does it all. I don't know how she does it all, but she does. So, I mean, let me just tell you, uh, she is a producer. She's also um, an actress. She's worked with some amazing celebs that I'm sure we'll hear about. She's also a script writer, which is so interesting as well. She's done events for some TV shows. And also she um, is a full-time working mama, which is no easy feat, as we know. And recently a fur mama to an adorable little rescue named Lightning McQueen. So, Krista... Um, You are truly remarkable. You've overcome some amazing things throughout the pandemic. I'm sure the pandemic was just as challenging for you as it was for us, but you've been overcoming it all and you are a strong woman and you are, um, in my eyes, remarkable and you're also a wonderful neighbor. Thank you for joining us. What I wanted to um, just go through um, are just a few questions today. So Krista, do tell us. Who is Krista? I said I don't want to answer this question. <laughs> I don't know who am I. Oh, please. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, honestly, I feel like it is. It, and I think because of this last two years, and I think we'll get to some of this a little bit later, but I, I think that it's become clear that who I thought I was at various points in my life, it's, all, it's, it's part of the journey. And it constantly evolves. So who I was when I was in high school and dreamed of moving to New York to be an actress when I grew up, that version doesn't necessarily exist anymore. The person that I was when I was in my early 20s doesn't exist anymore. But I, I mean, maybe it does exist, but it's, it's evolved. I'm evolving. Right. Yes. I'm evolving. That's yeah. that's evolving. who I am. <laughs> <laughs> we're built. We're, we build on the foundation, right? Yeah. So we start right. out with the foundation, and we just become better versions of ourselves. And you are becoming like the best version of yourself all the time, which is amazing. I and hope remarkable. so. <laughs> totally. We, we all grow, we all we all learn along the way, right? And we grow. And, you know, I'm quite a bit older than you, but um, like I, I've evolved as well. Like I completely agree. Like, you know, I'm definitely not who I was back. Thank goodness. <laughs> no. <laughs> definitely not who I was when I was uh, in my early 20s. But And I um, think I used to say like I'm really type A or I like to. But I think that the other thing that I've learned, especially over these last two years, is that it's OK to give up a little bit of control. So if. Who I am is becoming a little bit more able to roll with the punches and take things as they come. Maybe that's part of my my newest evolution. That's great. Tell us, what do you love most about Hoboken? Do you have any favorite restaurants? I do. I love I love that Hoboken is like New York City light. Like I it's <laughs> it's the urban. I can we can walk anywhere. It's very walkable. I love being able to walk out of my apartment and I see you, Bonnie. I mean <laughs> she <you> does. Know, <laughs> but, <laughs> Literally. <laughs> but I like I like being able to just even if I don't if I'm not going out to meet somebody, I'm just seeing people on the street. Yeah. I'd like that activity. I like being able to walk to Starbucks and walk to the grocery store and not have to get in my car to go everywhere. But I also like that versus New York, it's just a little 
of a slower pace. It's not quite oh, yeah, as totally agree. that fever pitch. But um, And interestingly, when I first moved to Hoboken, I lived downtown. And then around, and that was in my early 20s, mid 20s. And then as I got a little bit older, I moved to Midtown. And now I'm uptown. <laughs> and now you've evolved. So you're an uptown girl. She's been living in a red world. So the journey of my life has taken me uptown, Hoboken. Um, restaurants, uh, Elysian, probably. Oh, yeah. Oh, love Elysian. I love their muscles. Oh, yes. You know, somebody posted about their muscles yesterday. Love. And that looked like an amazing appetizer. <laughs> love. Apulia was oh, a new yummy. one that I love hadn't Apulia. tried. I tried it last fall with some moms, and I love their backyard. They it yeah. really, so really quaint little backyard with the lighting. It's beautiful and wonderful food. It's kind of like our patio. It is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, Krista and I got lights for our patio, um, so we actually got. Brian and I got lights for our patio from Costco and she saw them and she really loved them. And Brian's like, we've got to get them for Krista. <laughs> so there, now, now we've behold, got Krista's got lights too. Lit, and lit we're, backyards. We're lighting up the fourth floor courtyard. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, let me know um, who inspires you and is there, you know, something um, that you can share that maybe was an inspirational moment that you had maybe with that person or, and how did that motivate you? I mean, I think it's cliche to say, but I mean, my mom really does inspire me. That's not cliche. Many moms have said their mom. Yeah. But I I think it's because, especially as I've gotten older and we've all gone through difficult times, ups and downs, she has this amazing ability to just have perspective. You know, go ahead, cry today, but pull yourself together and tomorrow's a new day. Only you can make yourself happy. You know, there's, she just has this way of, and not dismissive of anything that I might be going through, but just acknowledge what's going on, but know that you have the power to To take the next step and to get through it. Yeah. Yeah. And I've seen her go through, you know, losing her mom, then losing her dad. And those were really difficult times. And she's so just, she just has a, a way of, Everything happens for a reason. Life goes on. She's gone through health issues herself. And that she's just able to say, is what it is. I'll take care of myself, do what I have to do. But I'm not going to let this bring me down. I'm not going to let this hold me back from living my life. Right. That's that's remarkable. That's wonderful. She sounds like another person we should have on the show. I know. Oh, she's great. We'd love to when, do I, like when I was a kid, I grew up the the town that I grew up in outside of Cleveland, Ohio, was North Ridgeville, and my friends used to call her Glinda, the Good Witch of the North, because she was like everybody's mom. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. That's amazing. That's so nice. So you know, you have this amazing. I always love hearing Krista's stories about celebs she's either worked with, and you know, sometimes she shares some pics with me, which is super fun. Do tell, what celebs have you met in the industry that you, you, when you've done your acting and your producing and, and let me know, you know, anything that you want to say about them and like, you know, what was really remarkable about working with them? So the f- most famous person is probably, you might have heard of him, George Clooney. Ah, oh, 
But no. I, who? <laughs> who is George Clooney? George Clooney. <laughs> who is that guy? It oh. was, if I can take you back uh, 20 some years ago. Uh, there take was us a, back. We don't there, mind. We like him back then and now now today too. It was, His it was, eyes still look amazing, by the way. They do. Um, but it was, they were shooting a movie called Welcome to Collinwood, which was being directed by Tony and uh, Anthony, no, Anthony and, and Joe Russo, who nice. are now famous for doing all of the Marvel movies. Oh. But this was their very first directorial debut. And uh, it was George Clooney, William H. Macy, Sam Rockwell. I mean, just this incredible ensemble cast. The movie was awful. I don't think that <laughs> commercially it did anything. But it was, you know, all of these people from L.A. and New York descended on my hometown for a month and a half to shoot this movie. Super I started cool. off as an extras casting intern. And then I cast myself as a stand-in for one of the actresses. So as a bonus, because she would spend longer in hair and makeup than the other guys in the ensemble cast, I would be on set Mm. running lines with George Clooney and William H. Macy and helping them prepare, waiting for the other actress to come to set. And so I got to actually spend a lot of time with these guys. But I will say, George Clooney, it was that movie, and I also... uh, played as a, a, a production assistant on Michael Clayton uh, several years later, he has a way of making everybody feel important. And that's I think wonderful. that that's a great lesson in terms of leadership because nobody, everybody belonged. And he made it fun for everybody. Even the long days, you know, 18-hour days, it's raining outside, yeah. morale is low, you know, the, the movie's not going great, but he... he you know, would do pick up basketball games at lunch. He would have halfway parties, three quarter of the way parties. Now we're done parties. So wow. he was. I he just was, can imagine, like, too, the smile. My gosh, he oh. has such a great smile. <laughs> um, and I know that you're probably going to share this with him, Krista. This this recording. Oh yeah, <laughs> George, you have a great smile. Um, and those eyes, of course. But um, but yeah, like that would just make my day if I got to run lines with uh, George Clooney. Well, and when I when it, I ran into him on my Michael Clayton, five years later, I had no expectation that he would remember who I was. But I went up to him and I said, hi. And granted, maybe he had no idea who I was. <laughs> but I went up to him and I said, hi, I worked on Welcome to Collinwood. And he goes, you were Patty Standen. And I said, yes. And he goes, well, let's go get a drink. Uh-huh. And I have no, I mean, maybe somebody whispered in his ear and told him who I was. So that, But he made me feel good. And That's awesome. We sat at the bar and had drinks that, that night. Yeah. Great, what a great story. <laughs> That's a wonderful story. And so, so true, too, right, about leadership and making everyone in the room feel comfortable. And I think... Like, not everybody has that skill. Yes. And it is a skill. It can be learned. It definitely can be learned. But it's definitely a skill that's so important as a leader and just someone who is, you know, like a role model as well. And I think there's certain people that recognize with their success that it doesn't take a lot to make somebody else feel really good about themselves. That's so true. You know? And I worked with Mariska Hargitay on an episode of SVU. Nice. And, you know, most of the actors, the, the the stars of the show, they don't have to be in every scene with the guest stars because some of it's just an over-the-shoulder shot with the camera. You're not actually seeing the main actresses or actor's face. Right. So oftentimes they'll have a stand-in sit in their place. She sat with me in every... I had a lot of emotional scenes. She sat with me in every scene, even mm. when she wasn't on camera. And I was like, that's... I was like, you don't have to do this. She goes, I'm doing it. 
I was like, that's wonderful. Thank you. (laughs) I've heard really good things about her too. Like I've heard that she's a really good person. So it's so good to hear your experience with her in real life. Right. Um, That's, that's amazing. And I love that show. (laughs) I'm also happy to hear that like, okay, this is a good example of like that she actually is. It was a great set. Is a good person. Yeah. (laughs) I have to tell you, um, and this, like, I haven't met too many celebrities in my life. That's why I love hearing all of Chris's stories about celebs. But um, I do have one um, story where I had just gotten into like the advertising business and I was working for a big firm and our media team had taken us to a soap opera digest party. And I was young, of course, um, right out of college and ended up while I was in college, when I was in college, one of the... um, soap operas that we used to watch and probably cut some classes to watch sometimes. <laughs> Never. Ne- I mean, kids, don't listen to this one. Um, <laughs> cut was, that. Cut, cut that. Yeah, exactly. Um, was Another World. Yes. Okay, so I don't... This is so bad. I don't remember the guy's name, but we were all in love with Jake. Yes. Okay? Jake McKinnon. <laughs> all of us. We had to watch this show every day it was on and and there was no way to tape it at that time I hate to say it um which dates me and then what will even date me even more is that when we went to the soap opera digest party lo and behold Jake takes I don't know if he took a fancy to me or what but but Jake and I were hanging out at the bar he had his arm around me we're like drinking up a couple of drinks I think at that time I smoked which wasn't the best thing but he smoked too. So we had that in common and took, I mean, literally like they were taking, we took pictures with me and Jake and that was all you had. You didn't have a phone back no, then. No, no. So oh I couldn't gosh. share with my friends, except I took prints of the pictures and I mailed that picture to every one of my friends that I used to watch that show with. Oh. And I said, look what I was doing Thursday night. Oh, that's awesome. Meaning like not, not that. Like, yeah. uh, you know what I mean. Thank Not you that. for clarifying. I, I just meant I went to the soap opera digest yes. party. <laughs> oh my goodness! But seriously, like, and and it was incredible. I and of course, mail takes a long time to get there. Yeah, yeah. you know. Yeah. So I'm waiting and waiting for my friends to get this thing. I'd call them and say, "Did you get my mail?" And they're like, "No, I didn't get anything yet." Why are you so worried about? Did I get the mail? And seriously, that you know, they got the mail and they were like. Holy moly, like I can't believe what were you doing? Where were you? And they were in such awe. Yeah. And that was my most favorite like celebrity moment. That's so awesome. <laughs> Love that story. And That's truly, it was just the soap opera digest thing that I was doing. I was just going to that party and I yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a great story. I love that story. I wish I had a good celeb story. The only the thing that's great about living so close to New York City is that I've seen tons of celebrities. But there's this like code that you will never approach anyone that you actually don't know, which is like the funniest story that I have about that as I was working. So I used to work for Viacom. And um, if you know, our, well, gosh, it's not called Viacom anymore. They changed the name again. But their headquarters is in um, Midtown Manhattan. And one night I had been working late. I get out of work and I'm like rushing home. You know, this is like pre-pandemic, like rushing home. 
And I see, like, so um, around the corner from our office, like, we're actually in the same building where the Lion King Theater is. And then it's called, like, Restaurant Row. And there's Carmine's. There's Sardi's. Oh, yeah. There's a couple of other. I don't know if those restaurants still exist there. But um, I was, like, walking down that street. And I see someone. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I haven't seen him in such a long time. And he's hugging people, you know, like is, you know, they're leaving dinner or whatever. So I'm going up to him, like, to say hi. And I get get really close. Like, I get so super close. Who is this guy? (laughs) And it's it's the guy. It is. um, No. Oh, oh, it's it's the it's the key. Michael Keegan Michael Key Keegan Michael Key yeah. who is actually a friend of mine. Oh my <laughs> oh goodness! My are you serious? So I get well, now so, you got to share this. I know, right? <laughs> I get so close to him, and I'm like, huh? oh my gosh! And I just it's like so I funny. pull myself back, and he doesn't like he doesn't realize like you know whatever. Now I gotta I'm, look him up. I'm far far enough away, like, but it's like I love I love Key and Peele so much. My husband and I watched it all the time. Um, when it was on and I just thought he was like the you know they're the funniest funniest guys but it just was so funny because of watching that show yes I thought that <laughs> so I Keegan. knew I thought I knew him and then it was like oh my gosh but he's they're good been, looking he's good looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so Keegan I met in 2009 okay. we were in two acting classes together oh wow with this incredible class oh wow and um yeah, so I, we haven't spoken in a, in a couple of years, but he is doing fin- – I think he's doing okay for himself. I think he's doing yes. okay for yes. himself. Well, the thing but that's really – he's a love. Yeah. He's a love. He's a love. And the thing that's really funny is actually I have a friend who does know him, like, very well, actually. So she got a kick out of when I told her that story. But I've had so many of those stories. Like, I did see Philip Seymour Hoffman, and when I worked for Sony Music, he was – running lines in our cafeteria and I love him and I would have loved to have and now I wish that I would have gone up to him but I you know like you can't you know they're there they're working you know and there's so many people Sarah Jessica Parker like you see them in the elevator I think the funniest story that I, I have, don't see Sarah Jessica Parker in the elevator which elevator you go to <laughs> I mean <laughs> you work at Sony Music oh yeah no 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 oh. sorry that's true like if you're working at Sony Music maybe you see them but yeah no, well we were in the same build, the Sony building so there was I mean I they're not there anymore but it was Sony Music Sony Pictures and Sony Electronics in the mm. same building so she would do pictures for Sony Pictures and that's where you would typically see some of the actors and actresses come in and I'm so sorry if it's actresses or actors like I am not precious about any <laughs> but I'll tell but us people the are you've been on yeah. though. I mean you you've done some remarkable shows. I did. I got I, well, to watch some of your stuff like she invited me to a viewing party once. Oh, we we watched it in our yeah, in our, in our common room. Um, <laughs> I did. I've done guest stars on SVU, um, FBI, Chicago awesome. PD. She what made else? me cry on on the Dick Wolf show that we were watching that you were on. Was that Chicago? I think it was. Was it? I thought it. Yeah, it might have been the Chicago show or FBI. I can't remember uh, which one we watched. I think it was FBI. It was FBI. And I did. Um, I had a recurring role on a show called The Middle with Patricia Heaton and Neil Flynn that was on ABC for yeah. I think six seasons. I think I was in about a half dozen episodes over four seasons of that. And um, the gift that kept on giving was Gotham. Mm. Not a big role at all. I was. They called me in to be a reporter, I think because they thought that I worked at CNBC meant 
that I therefore knew how to report. (laughs) So happy accident there. But I think I ended up doing 21 or 22 episodes over the course of the series. So amazing. It was that that was fun. I mean, I had some of the most wild hairdos. The the makeup was. She sent me some texts and pictures. Look at my hair and makeup. I would I would spend more time in hair and makeup than I did on set. (laughs) Oh wow! But it was fun. That was a good one. That's awesome. Thank you so much for sharing those. We love that. So Krista, what were some positive things that you feel were directly a result of the pandemic? So some silver linings that that, um, you experienced with your family and and your kids? I mean, I think I heard some of the other moms that you've spoken to and certainly in conversations with people. The biggest shift was reevaluating work-life balance. I mean, I, like many working parents would leave, you know, the house in the morning, I would come home at 6.30, 7 o'clock at night. My son would already have been fed, probably bathed. He was, he's eight now, so he was younger then, ready for bed. How much time did we get to spend together? I would just be home to put him to bed. And that was Monday through Friday. That was how I was That was a constant. Yeah. Yep. And all of a sudden we're home and, oh, wait a minute, I can cook a meal? Now, I wasn't sure if I knew how to cook. <laughs> right. I mean, instead of like your, your kids calling you at work saying, what's for dinner? And you're like, uh, I think there's grapes in the fridge. <laughs> but I mean, I actually, I started grocery shopping by the week, which I don't think I'd ever done in my life. I mean, it was always, let me just stop by and pick something up, whatever I need yeah. for that night on the way home, totally. fly by the seat of my pants. My mom has passed on now all of our family recipes that I never had the patience to figure out how to cook. And the first couple of goes, I was petrified and I would have her on FaceTime and I'd be stirring something and I'm taking pictures. It's supposed to look like this. Shouldn't it be thicker? I don't know. What what does this do? And now I've, I've got a, a set list of recipes that I like to make. And my son's palate started expanding. He would try new foods awesome. beyond just macaroni and cheese nice. um, and chicken nuggets. <laughs> Did he nuggets. cook in the kitchen at all during the pandemic? He would help me with pancakes. Nice. My grandmother's re- pancake recipe he would help me with. Good for Logan. Yes. But beyond, you know, just being able to sit around the table and have a family meal, I also got more involved in what my son was doing with school because he was remote school. And, oh, this is what you're learning. And as a result of me being involved in that, he, you know, I found out about a program that he could do that was a little bit more accelerated in some of the areas that would challenge him a little bit more. I don't think I ever would have found out about those things. We made a new group of mom friends that we would meet every Friday when we finally get the kids outside to the park. They were all, all those kids had been, some of them were, you know, more stay at home. So they had been very active with sports in town, which we hadn't been. Mm -hmm. And so suddenly now I've got my son on a swim team and we got involved in baseball and we've got a whole new set of friends and he's doing, I don't think that I would have ever had those things on my radar had I not met this new network of people and started having conversations about, because we were all trying to get the kids out and doing stuff because we'd been stuck for so long. Well, and, and, and you know, Logan's a little bit younger too so you know I would imagine like even just the virtual schooling mm-hmm. was probably although he's a little bit older where he might know how to be using the laptops he was the, he was I mean I know some yeah. parents had a hard time with that I think I got lucky that yeah. he he's, adapted he's just like a little bit over that he adapted really well yeah but you know we the fact that he got so involved with different sports just was it's a whole new shift and it was the perfect age yeah and had we missed this moment i feel like 
we never would have gotten involved in that stuff. And he would be sitting yeah. in front of the TV playing video games all the time. Yeah. Which, <laughs> you know, what a nice shift to do something different. But um, I will say that those are probably the biggest upsides yeah. that came. And I got a new job. You know, it gave me the courage mm-hmm. to go hey, really don't love what I'm doing anymore. I'm ready for the next challenge. I, you know, took the time, I had the time to be able to take, to seek out something new. And when I did, I knew what I was looking for. I wanted to hybrid fine. I didn't mind going into the office a couple days a week, but I absolutely did not want to return to five days back in the office. These years are too precious to miss these moments. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I mean, my company is going back in April um, and we're going to be two days in April. And then in May, their hope is to go to three. So they're going to do a gradual, which I think is, is nice that they're doing. Um, But yeah, I, I feel like I now haven't gone through these two years. Like I've always been that corporate America mom. And I felt like, you know, now that I'm thinking about going back, I'm like, wow, I, I really did miss, moments that I didn't really know existed, I guess, during that day of like, you know, just once they come home from school, you're like, they're, you know, in passing, telling you something that happened at school where like, I feel like there's just things that I, I did miss mm-hmm. when I, I was never around. And, and of course the family dinner thing was a big thing that I missed. Like I'm getting home at seven thirty, eight o'clock at night. They're, they're too tired and they wanted to eat earlier. So they ate the mac and cheese. Yeah. Um, but none of us knew any better. Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not like there was an alternative out there where we could go, right. oh, it was either you work or you don't. Yeah. And if you have to work, this is what the schedule is. Yeah. No. And I think that like that realization and everyone comes to it differently. Right. And I think the pandemic forced a lot of people into like the realization that we do what we do for our children. And no matter what that is or what that looks like we're doing the best that we can. Mm-hmm. And I think like as moms, every day you get up, you're putting your best foot forward, but you're, the intent is always for my children, better life for my children, better things for my children, right? Mm-hmm. And like you're prioritizing that, that focus. So for me, I never, I did, I felt guilty for a long time, but um, even before the pandemic, coming to that realization that like, me working is benefiting my children. They get to do activities that maybe they might not get to do. Um, you know, they see me as also too, like I'm a working mom and I and I work really hard and they see that like I am kind and I'm a kind, you know, manager and that like, and they see me in action, like in my office and they see me with other people and interacting with other people. So I think like for... I have two girls. So for me, it's really important that they see a role model working in corporate America, a woman who is, you know, being able to have that corporate job, but then also balancing like having a family and what that what different ways that that can look for different people. And it's it's the idea of modeling. You know, yeah. you're you're showing by action your kids what's possible right if they cho- so choose yes if they so choose my my son has listened to me on far too many work conference calls <laughs> and and read so many work emails that he had to reply back to one of his teachers and he's using language that i use oh, in, a, in a corporate setting that. very best sincerely <laughs> Oh my so God. I, I guess I'm modeling funny. something good there. Yes, modeling is definitely, <laughs> oh my gosh, modeling is definitely good. Well, Aubrey told me my youngest was like, 
I whatever you do, my, I don't want to do that. Like she's oh, like, my I kid know. said the same thing. My kid said the exact same thing. She's like, it looks like because it's funny. So like when I worked at Viacom, they had like Kids Day, and when they first came in for Kids Day, they're like, this is the best job ever. And then like they would see me on calls at like eight o'clock at night, and then she's like, no, mm-mm. she's like, Kids Day is fun. She's like, but what you do, she's like, I don't want to do what what you do. So it's. You know, it's good. It's good to at least they get exposure to that. And she's like, you should work in the VR lab. And I was like, yep, I, I should work in the, v- <laughs> in the VR lab. Well, I asked my son a couple times, you know, if he ever wanted to act because yeah. I am in a position that if he wanted exposure there. Yeah. And he said, absolutely not. He no. does not want to be in front of a camera. <laughs> Nowhere near a camera, although he did help me run lines the other night, which was very nice of him. That's awesome. Remember, Melanie is always welcome. Thank you. I should. I should. She she said, that would be so cool if I got to run lines for like an actual show. Okay, yeah. Next one. I I actually, I've had like, not that I'm booking anything, but I had four auditions over the last maybe week and a half, which is more than I've had in the last couple years. So the next one that I get, I'm calling her because- we need to help you. My brain is. Um, <laughs> and Bonnie and myself will help you run lines too. We know Great. It, t- it takes a village. I love yeah, it. Totally, totally. <laughs> hey, Remarkable Mommies. Thanks so much for listening. You are remarkable. Stay tuned for part two, not to be missed. Wishing you the best of this beautiful life.